Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. G'day, welcome to Better Than Yesterday. Thanks for being here. This is a podcast that's here to make your day-to-day better than yesterday, something you hear on this show and indeed every show. It is just here to help make your day better than yesterday by having conversations with people from all around the world, from all walks of life, some of them experts at what they do, you'll hear something that'll make you kind of go, oh, I might keep that a shot, or I'll think about that differently, or, oh, and then you go to bed tonight going, oh, you know what, today was a pretty good one. In fact, I'd say it's better than yesterday, see? Does what it says on the box. Uh, We're here three times a week, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm here with a guest, and Fridays, it's just you and me. I... I'm Osher Ginsburg. I'm a TV host. I'm an author. I'm a podcaster. I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm a uh, middle of the night Theragun user. <laughs> I'm a, what else am I? I'm a sauna haver. I'm a leg rehab exercise person. I'm, I'm someone who, when flying interstate the other day, was able to join my weekly poker game, which I've been playing with the same group of guys since about 2004, there's an online version which has propped up during COVID. I was able to join that poker game thanks to the wonders of mobile internet, then in-flight internet, and then once again mobile internet, and then <laughs> broadband internet at home. And it was really fun. <laughs> anyway, I'm grateful to be here. So um, on Fridays, I just like to kind of talk about uh, what's going on with me and I hope that hearing a conversation about dealing with life, dealing with life with a brain that might be a little different, might be something that is a bit eye-opening because you can't be what you can't see. And I certainly didn't know how other people dealt with tricky parts of their day until I heard uh, people sharing stories about that because it's important to share that. So I guess I've noticed that I speak a lot in analogies, sometimes automotive analogies, because it's quite a common one for people to access 
And I certainly have an automotive analogy to speak of today. So as you no doubt know, I'm an electric vehicle enthusiast. I've been driving EVs since 2011. And I, and I love electric mobility, not only for um, our car, but also for um, one of the bicycles that we have that gets me and Audrey and Wolfie around, but also the motorbike that I ride. And the situation we're in at the moment, which involves half of my family being in Queensland working and the other half of my family being down here working and me working between both places, means that I'm just kind of on the motorbike here in Sydney at the moment. And if you've noticed here in Sydney at the moment, it is subaquatic once again. Yeah, four, four once in a century floods in as many months. Yeah. And the time for just climate action is unfortunately well past. It's now got to be climate action and climate resilience. And yeah, we got to get going because there's, boy, climate change is set up shop, is doing a roaring trade and um, it's happening. This is it. This is what it looks like. And yeah, I really, I really hope that local, state and federal governments do it a forward thinking and visionary job in helping people who live in parts of our country that are proving to be somewhat tricky to stay living in, <laughs> you know, but that's a policy beyond my pay grade. Not that there aren't heaps of great solutions out there. I hope people take the, take their lead and, and really kind of go for it and, and set up a precedent of how things might play out in the coming years. But there's one thing that you most uh, definitely are aware of and that is that when the weather gets wet, for some reason, driving gets terrible. Not everybody. I don't know why, but it, it happens. People just get shit at driving. And they either drive completely recklessly, which is one of the things I'll talk about today, or they'll drive unbelievably dangerously, timidly, to the point where they won't take right of way or, or keep a speed limit or such and thing. And yeah, so people just kind of fall to bits in the rain. Sometimes if they are in the latter category, even forgetting that, oh, they're, they're driving an incredibly over-engineered vehicle that is designed to safely get them through an, an off-camber corner at 80 kilometers an hour in a European alpine blizzard. But no, no, I will slow down to an almost stop to turn left here. Yeah. So for some reason, not everybody, a certain percentage of road users just can forget what they're doing when it gets wet. It's the same as before. It's just wet. Stopping distances do get longer. That's very important. Corners are a little more tricky. That's also important, but it is okay. You know, there's adjustments we can make to our driving and trust in our vehicles that will get us where we're going safely. Now, when you're on four wheels in the wet, traction and turning and things like this, stopping, very different. When you're on two wheels in the wet, it's a completely different story. The physics changes utterly. So on, on bicycles, I most definitely uh, have found that riding a bicycle in the wet, which I've done a lot, changes the way you get around. And on a motorcycle, boy, oh boy, changes everything completely. And being on both a bicycle and a motorcycle, you're intensely aware of the vulnerabilities that you have out on the road. And geez, man, over the past few years of being on the back of a motorcycle, 
but riding around Sydney and, and Queensland, um, yeah, man, boy, don't you notice things? And the other day I was heading to work. I wasn't late, which was the first, <laughs> but I was heading to work the other day and it was raining, not intensely raining, but just like kind of shitty rain, roads were wet, slippery. And I well and truly very nearly took an unexpected adventure across somebody's bonnet. I came out of a set of lights. There was banked up traffic in the opposite lane. Someone in that bank of traffic had been slow to take off, I guess, or had waved a person that I couldn't yet see in. They were turning right out of a, uh, a road that was coming up on my left. And this person that was turning out across this lane just didn't look at all. And they just, they drove just straight out into my lane. Now, this all happens so freaking quickly as accidents often, often do. But I see this car and before I know it, the front wheel of my motorcycle stopped, I'm going to say about 35 centimeters away from their front bumper. They came to a stop as well because they did eventually see me. And as I sat there on the motorbike, pretty much so, it was a white hatchback. It was probably at about 45 degree angles to me. And I looked at the driver and she kind of waved at me and reversed back out because she could see now there's traffic piling up behind me because she's blocking the road. I looked at the driver and I looked down at how close my wheel had come to touching her bumper and how close her bumper had come to hitting me. I was like, how did that not end up in me going right across her, her bonnet? How did I not end up on the tarmac 10 meters down the road with my bike on the, on the side? How did I end up not waiting for an ambulance? And then I just kind of sat there for a second. I mean, I know there was traffic backing up behind me, but I literally just took one physiological sigh. We've talked about that before. I reset myself before putting my hand back on the throttle and riding off because I didn't want to just ride away with my hand still shaking. And as I kind of reverse engineered it, I had habitually put safety mechanisms into the way that I was riding. So I had put a amount of space between me and the person in front. Now, there was no person in front because I'd taken off from the lights. So I was, I was the, the first vehicle out of the lights. However, I could see that there was banked traffic on the right. I could see that there was a road coming up on the left that I, I could not see if there was a car coming out of that road. So if you imagine a motorcycle, the way you, there's no gas pedal on a motorcycle, there's just a, a handle on the right-hand side. Imagine a bicycle handle, but it twists. And if you twist that handle, it, the bike goes faster. And uh, the brake levers, is like a brake lever on a bicycle. The brake levers are in front of it. So as I'm coming up to this intersection, my index finger and my middle finger are already on the brake lever. So essentially covering my brakes, like putting your taking your foot off the gas and putting your foot on the brake just in case, right? And instead of being in the middle of the road, I'm in essentially the right-hand tire track. So instinctively and habitually, I had put safety mechanisms and resilience and buffer zones into the way I ride my motorcycle so that when the unexpected emergency happened, I was okay. Similarly, I would encourage you to find what are some things that make you feel better? 
What are some things that make you feel like you're more, more able to cope with overwhelm, more able to cope with when essentially life gets wet and now there's other people, you know, in your life that are either, you know, operating recklessly or operating not fast enough or somewhere in between. What are those things that are in your life that are, you know, that you do that give you the ability to deal with that? whether it be more sleep or journaling or debriefing with someone or some breath work to downregulate yourself or just paying attention to where you are or noticing how your body's feeling. What are those things that you can just start to do every day? You don't have to do them for long, but before you know it, those things just become habitual. And soon enough, you'll find yourself dealing with a situation that in years past would have put you on your ass, would have made you perhaps lose it, perhaps act in an unprofessional manner manner at work, perhaps scream at your kids, perhaps scream at someone who loves you very much, perhaps scream at a stranger on the road when they do something dumb in front of you, <laughs> right? And then suddenly you'll find yourself going, I reacted to that really differently because of maybe that habitual work is habitually reframing things in your brain. So you no longer see things as, an, as an, a personal assault. It's like, a, you know, I remember the day when I just decided when people, I used to get so mad at other drivers and I just decided, well, maybe they're good at other stuff. And I'd make dumb things up in my head. Maybe they make really good donuts. Driving's not their thing. And that allowed me to leave whatever situation it was with just without that shitty upset in my brain that someone had done something silly in front of me that had jeopardized me or my family in, in the road. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense and I hope you can start to think about putting those things into your life and you just just focus on one for a couple of weeks and then before you know it, that will just become a part of your day and then focus on the next one. And soon enough, you're giving yourself the best way to get through unexpected incidents that may arrive as you go through your day. I better go, I can hear these dogs barking and I'm, I better go get to work. And by the sounds of how much I've been ranting today, get a heap more caffeine into my body because <laughs> there was not enough sleep last night. Uh, it's, it was a work thing, I promise you, but geez. Monday is a really cracking episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Lucy Easthope, she's a disaster planner. And there's a lot of incredible lessons from this joyful woman whose job is often dealing with victim identification in mass morgue situations after colossal natural or other disasters. There's a lot to learn from her about having real ex realistic expectations as you go through your life about bad things happening or unexpected things that divert you from what you thought was going to show up. It's a really good conversation and a very pertinent and timely one considering what's going on. So thanks heaps. I'll see you on Monday. If you haven't heard this week's dad pod, it's really good. Charlie and I were speaking about when, and it's going to happen when your kids socialize at daycare, eventually when your kids is going to come home and say, somebody hit me. It just happens. It's fine. It's kids figuring it out. It's no big deal. But I was unaware of what was happening inside me when I heard my youngest say that. And we speak with Professor Sharon Goldfeld, who's a, a extraordinarily clever pediatrician. And um, she talks us through it and um, makes it all better. 
So just look for Dad Pod wherever you get your podcast. It's actually really good. And whatever she says to us really applies. It, it's the same stuff applies for, you know, I've had a, a kid go through being a teenager. It's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. It's mostly about how your reactions can affect their responses. And it's like any parenting, really. Thanks heaps to everyone that helped me make the show today. Bree Steele on um, the research and support. Bree, who did a massive interstate move herself. She drove across the country the other day. Um, Andy Ma, who cut the whole thing together. Thank you, Andy, for making me my ranting sound okay today. Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of The Light, and Mike Mills, toe hider on the music. Okay, I've got a jet and get to work. Oh, I do have to get to work. All right, got a split. Have a great one. Sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.